calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot-button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Hello there and welcome to a very special IGN UK podcast. Not only is it special because we're in Christmas jumpers and we're going to talk about our best and worst TV of 2015, but it's also the very first podcast that myself and Chris Tilly are joined by. Who are you? My name's Dale. Hello, internet. Don't look at the camera. No, you can't. Look at the <laughs> it's right. a video podcast as well, isn't it? So this is the first time you've been on the IGN UK podcast. It is, yes. So have you? Did you listen to the podcast before you? Yes. So I was. Uh, a big fan beforehand, and then I still listened while I've been here about two months now, and I was yeah. still listening then. So a uh, bit surreal to be on it. It was a bit surreal to help make it at first, but even more surreal to be on it now. Is it like when you see sausages being made and you're like, oh, bollocks, that's horrible? What, are you, you saying more, this is horrible? Or are you more impressed with it now? Yeah, what, about, about what, the same. What do you do in our team for people who don't know? So I am the video producer, so I'm usually the guy who's behind the camera. Yeah. And editing our videos usually, so it's quite interesting that we're doing. You're you're in the best TV because mm-hmm. you're actually a huge fan of possibly one of the shittest TV <laughs> ever. Like you're a massive fan of Lost, aren't you? You've I actually am. got a Lost tattoo. I have got a Lost tattoo on my arm. <laughs> I didn't know this. This is the first time hearing yeah, it. Really. <laughs> Welcome, he, he Dale. Up, as soon as I mentioned Lost before, Andy, thought that's what you're going to bring up, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, that's why we got yes. you on the TV. Wow. Yeah. I, I hope you didn't tattoo. show that to Alex in the job interview because that could have been a big <laughs> no. no. I've also got a Street Fighter tattoo. I did show him that in my interview, though. That's yeah. a bit just, cooler. Just to prove that I was into video games more than anything. Yeah. Well, welcome, Dale. <laughs> yeah. Thank uh, you. And don't mess this up. I try my best. (laughs) (laughs) So we want to talk about some of the best and worst things that happened in TV in 2015. But we're going to kick things off with something that Chris and I properly loved. And it's why we think The Jinx was the best drama of TV in 2015. Dale, did you watch The Jinx? I haven't, no. So I'm going to be mostly listening at this point. Okay. Well, hopefully, well, I think we can talk about it without actually spoiling stuff. Yeah, of course. Without actually spoiling the actual moments, I think. Yep. Um, but if you don't know what it is anyway, so it's a six-part documentary series done by HBO uh, on the real, really strange real life of a real estate heir called Robert Durst, who's like this sort of like multi-billionaire family, right? Is that what they are? Yeah, yeah, They, they yeah. own a bunch of property and stuff in New York. Yep. And um, so a lot <clears throat> of strange things happened to him, like mm. his uh, wife disappeared. Right. Um, he was charged with a strange murder 
uh, and dismemberment of his neighbor, uh, but managed to get off that. Um, <laughs> okay. And there was a film made about him uh, by a director called Andrew Jarecki, who did that, Capture the Freedmans. Right, okay, and, yeah, um, I've seen that. Yeah, so he made a film called All, All Good Things. Yeah, All yeah, Good Things. With Ryan Gosling in it. And after the film came out, um, Robert Durst, the guy who the film is based on, yeah. contacted the director and was like, would you like to do an interview with me? So they start oh, wow. doing this interview, and then from this interview, the sort of kernels of this series start. And like the first episode is kind of introduced to him, and then after that, then it's sort of bolstered by this interview that the director is having with him, and you learn more about his life and things, uh, like start to unfold. And okay, start, yeah, 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 really, really strange. Keep things it spoiler now. free because it sounds really yeah. interesting. I do the want film, to check out. Yeah, we can't go totally spoiler free though. I don't think because people no, have watched it, and we so, did talk yeah, about yeah. it before. But the, it was interesting. The film kind of. Um, just basically said that he did it. Yeah. But because they were worried about legal implications, right. they changed the names. They didn't really change anything else. They no. literally left it the same story as what they believed happened. Mm. And he saw that, and rather than sue, he got in touch and said, and so you already start understanding that there's something very strange going on in this man's yeah, psyche. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, he's just a, a very uh, chilling presence, isn't he, on screen? But also as well, like I watched, I rewatched it recently, like two, oh, yeah. week, two weekends ago. Um, with my girlfriend who'd never seen it, mm-hmm. um, and we watched that. The film came out this year called True Story uh, with uh, James Franco and Jonah Hill, which yep. is another like sort of real life thing. And she really enjoyed that. And I said, "Oh, have you seen the Jinx?" She hadn't, so we re- we watched it in a night basically. And when you rewatch it, it's interesting. Like even though he's obviously a really really strange man, there's something quite charismatic about him. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like there's something so compelling about just watching him. And I think, for me, like when you've got a, a, a TV year with people like you know Frank from House of Cards, like Hannibal in Hannibal, and things like that, you sort of have these like really strange like antiheroes who you can't, even though you know they're bastards, there's, there's, you can't help but sort of find something super interesting about them. And I think it's interesting to have like a real life character like that. Mm-hmm. Like when you're watching him talking, I, I have absolutely no idea what's going through his what's going through his head. Um, no, not until the end when you start thing, yeah. getting more of a sense of what's going through his head. Well, I, th- I think like one of the reasons that I think it is one of the like best dramas of the year is like the way that it sort of drips feeds this information, and there's a lot of sort of um, criticism about the way the documentary because it's a documentary, so it's kind yeah. of like you know, are they are they making drama? Are they making TV? Are they making are they you know journalists? Are they, should they right, be bound yeah, by course. sort of journalistic integrity? Because there's a lot of sort of uh, criticism about them holding back information and things like that. Um, and there's also a couple of things that happen, um, which I didn't notice till the second series when I watched it. But in the second series, it, it, the second watch, it makes it really sort of obvious that this, like one particular character mm. who the police were going to go to, and you get the feeling that if the police spoke to her, it would all be unraveled for him and he would be in a lot of trouble. Mm. Before the police, but as the police make it known to her that they're going to speak to her, she speaks to Robert Durst, the guy, and she ends up dead. Um, Apparently that, that, that's not, that didn't happen. Right. Apparently the police never made it, that didn't, that conversation with her never happened. Okay, that's problematic Um, then. That is problematic. Apparently that's like one of the main things that they've sort of uh, had a go about. it's um I guess the first I heard about this show was there was some a bit of pre-hype really because it was when everyone was going crazy for the podcast called Serial. Serial. Yeah. So everyone was going crazy for Serial, you know, it was the biggest thing to happen to podcasting so far and I, I was just reading on on several sort of sites that 
HBO have got a TV version of this that, mm. that they're going to because everyone was like, well, how do you translate this to TV? Because this is this is huge numbers. Yeah. And so HBO already had this in development. You know, a very very similar kind of thing. And again, mm. you know, we we did a we did a, a chat about um, serial at the time, yeah. and I said to you how uncomfortable I was about how entertaining I was finding it. Yeah. Mm. And it's the same with the Jinx. It's like I'm finding this really entertaining, like I'm watching a, a, a good thriller, and yet. This is about real people who yeah. died, who were murdered, whose families are still around, who want justice. And it's so, it's something that's very unsettling. But I guess, you know, you know I've, I've read books about serial killers and, you know, it, we watch films about true crime and things like that. And it's yeah. just, it just seems, when it's the real people talking, it really brings it home. Definitely. That I start questioning whether I should be enjoying this as much as I am. Yeah, that is, I guess, problematic. I don't, yeah. But it's not, it doesn't mean mm. I'm not going to stop watching it. And no, it doesn't yeah, mean that yeah, other yeah. people don't. But it's just, it yeah. was just... It, I think it brings it home more when you're you're face-to-face with the person rather yeah. than uh, Kevin Spacey playing the person. Yeah, I guess so. And I think with this, because it's... Yeah, because, as you say, because it's a documentary thing and because they use... They use a lot of, like, um, like reenactments, like dramatic reenactments that are done, like, really well, like, mm. shot amazingly, and it looks beautiful as well. And then it ca- keeps, you know, cutting back then to, like... This is the thing that I found really unsettling about it. It's like the real CCTV footage, the real court stuff, the real phone calls as well, and real bits of... How um, much of the show is like, is real footage then? Like real CCTV, real... Quite a lot. I think that they keep going back to like reenactments when people are talking about it and things like that. Is it not jarring? Is it not like, do you feel like... It's like, I mean, a a show that will come talked about later I'd imagine is Narcos and they do that thing every now and again where they dip into real stuff and it always throws me off a little bit it takes me out of the this this doesn't feel like that I think it's because it's used sparingly but in a really really good way Right. but there's also a couple of times when they cut to like real bits and you think that there's no way is that actual real and they they actually do because they have some actual footage of them them finding Morris Black his neighbour which he was found not guilty of murdering but he did admit to cutting the body up Okay. Um, and they've actually got footage of them finding the body and things like that. And they're just like, they outline, oh, yeah, this is where we found his leg uh, and stuff like that. But there's, there's lots of amazing stuff that there that I just completely forgot as well. So he's arrested um, for the for the murder of his neighbor. Right. Um, and <laughs> the way he's arrested is a place in, in Texas. And the best uh, criminal uh, defense lawyer, there's two. Yeah. And he can't decide which one. To hire, so he hires them both. Like he spends like one point eight million dollars or something. Where's just it, where's on the money his coming defense. from? Well, he's like part of like a billionaire like family who own like a lot of property in New York. Oh right, okay. basically. So like money's no object to them. Yeah, he's um, he's bought his way out of a lot of things in the yeah, past. Okay, really. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I mean, and obviously, I mean, what makes the whole thing come together is the moment at the end, which we yeah. won't spoil. But that was the best moment of telly I saw yeah, this year. Yeah, definitely. Because it was just like I can't believe this is happening. Yeah. I mean, they must have just been pinching themselves, the filmmakers, like, I cannot believe we've got this. Yeah. Well, this is, I mean, this is another thing that they were criticised for, is they, you know, this is a very, what Chris is talking about, this is like this really big moment where it completely unravels. Right. But they sat on that for like a year. Mm. But the filmmakers claimed that they actually didn't find it till really, really close <laughs> to when they actually put it out. Interesting. Yeah, well, yeah. That, that may or may not be true. Um, equally, it's not entirely their job to solve this crime. The police... Yeah. Where the hell have the police been all this (laughs) time? You know, they're just doing the police's job for them. Well, that's interesting because the police have actually said, even because he's been arrested now for the murder of this friend. Spoiler Um, alert. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) afterwards, they run into him. But he was, like, found in a hotel with, like, guns and money in the boot of his car. Like, this guy's a really strange dude. But also, the police have said, no, no, there's nothing to do with the show that we arrested him. It's just, like... 
we just have. But his brother, who's in, <laughs> who's in the documentary, uh, and didn't want anything to do with a part of it, he's actually said, I had a really good quote from him, which said, because uh, he, he was still like tormenting his brother like going to his house in Florida and stuff like that. Like he did a lot of really, really strange stuff. And he was, I think he was actually arrested in Florida in the end. But he said, I no longer am looking over my shoulder. I'm very grateful to the Jinx for having brought this about. Um, oh, his brother right. said, which is quite interesting. But I think like nothing for me came close to just that moment. There's a, well, there's a couple of moments, but like that, there's one moment in particular. And I think that is probably one of my favorite bits of telly this year. So you should definitely watch that. It's not on Sky Atlantic anymore, but I'm not sure where you can get it. It's all on Amazon, but you have to pay for it, like 189 an episode. Yeah, is it worth that? I'd imagine. Sounds like it is. Yeah, exactly. I'm definitely going to check it out over Christmas, I think. Um, but yeah, so what was, what was your highlight then, Chris? My favourite TV show of 2015 <clears throat> was Fargo, which okay. was a big surprise for me, season two of Fargo, because I watched season one, and while I kind of enjoyed it, I also found it a real effort. I was really forcing myself. And I only think towards the end did I was I actually enjoying it. Yeah. Mm. And so I didn't really have high expectations for this series. And it was very strange that it was going to be a prequel, one or two characters crossing over, but not really. Yeah. And the big thing they seemed to say was that Bruce Campbell was playing Ronald Reagan, and it just mm. it didn't make any sense to me. And I'm like, oh, maybe this is maybe this has gone off the bottom. Maybe it's my time to give up. But then, just right from the the, the first moment of the first episode. Uh, it's it's just they just nailed it. It's yeah. uh, it's so good. It's as good as the film at this point, I think. Yeah, and um, it's just brilliant telly. I, f- I found it like the the most exciting thing I've watched since Breaking Bad. I think since the end of Breaking Bad. I think it's almost gotten that good. In, 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 I'm on the edge of my seat, and I'm finding it hard to wait a week to see what happens next week. Yeah. And I'm really really worried that characters are going to die in the same way I was with Breaking Bad. Yeah. And The Sopranos, for it. and I haven't felt that with a lot of series where you just it's fun. Yeah. But now I just really don't want a, certain characters that look like they might get hurt to get yeah. hurt. And that's just, it's great writing. It looks like the best movie that's been released this year. Just visually, it's stunning. Uh, the cast is really good. Ted Danson that's is great amazing. in it. Patrick Wilson's really good. Kirsten Dunst, um, that bloke you like. Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. I'm even enjoying him in the show. Yeah. Uh, not being <laughs> a fan of his. So yeah, I know you're a fan as well, aren't you, Gab? Huge fan, yeah. And I think, um, like, I, I really love the first series. And, like, there's, a, there's one thing that you just said, like, about characters dying, like, there's a couple of moments that have happened with particular characters where I've sort of turned to my girlfriend I was watching it with and going, he's about to die. Mm. Like, absolutely, he's going to die here. Or like, Definitely. Or you hear a conversation and you go, that's the last conversation they will ever have together. Yeah. Um, and it's like this like builds up this horrible dread um and yet sometimes they've they've completely subverted that and it hasn't happened yeah but not but, but not in a disappointing way no, no. or where you've gone sort of like oh, all right so like that they sort of got away with it it's it's never it never feels cheap and it never feels like uh, overly raw or anything like that it always feels like oh actually the way they've done it is perfect but just knowing that the film ends up in kind of a bloodbath <clears throat> and the first series ends up in kind of a bloodbath <laughs> i am concerned with two or three episodes left have you seen mm. it dale uh, I've seen the film, but I didn't see the first season. We're going to keep talking about programs at Dale's not seen. Yeah, be like, who is this guy going on the podcast? He doesn't know anything. <laughs> I have seen some TV shows. Yeah. Uh, no, um, I was interested in watching it, and it's still on my list. Yeah. And I will get around to it at some point. With yeah. the first series, it was still quite hard getting your head around exactly what it was mm. as well. It was yeah. it was a very strange mixture of homage and remake and 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 something new, mm. and and with Martin Freeman playing characters so close to William H Macy's and things like that, <clears> it made it a strange thing to watch whereas this yeah. one has just totally gone out on its own the, 
connection to even the the other series is 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 minimal to the point that yeah, you jump straight that. in jump yeah. jump straight in with season two. I would. I think you um. You could actually jump in with season two and then if you like it, go and watch season one after yeah. because it would chronologically work. Is it like similar to like The Wire? So season two of The Wire, it, there was like one character, maybe two that were the same and they maybe, completely changed it, everyone. Honestly, it's more like True Detective in that there's, oh, no, okay, yeah. there's no real connection yeah. in the cases or what's happening Just, apart from the fact that one character is young in this one and he's old in the other one and yeah, his okay. daughter's a baby in this one. And, and that's all, but there's no... The, the plot-wise, it's not at all. They take a lot of like the same kind of... Um, like themes. When you look at it, you go the first episode. You just go, "This is Fargo." Do you know what I mean? It has like this sort of you know heist gone wrong, mm. sort of down on his luck, like idiot characters and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then like all of a sudden, like sometimes <clears throat> you get introduced to characters, and I think, "Oh, this is who we're going to be following." Like for a while, because because there's a character that is exactly William H Macy's character who works in the typewriter shop. Mm-hmm. Like that that mm-hmm. character. Then then you sort of you speak to him. You get to see him for a little bit, but not much. Yeah. And then they sort of focus on somebody else. Um, it's very good for what's not said as well. <clears throat> right. the, um, the, the showrunner, I did a good interview with him where he was saying that he's a screenwriter and mm. so he likes writing dialogue. And then he's trying to get this flavour of the, the Coen brothers and they're not really involved in it at all. Oh, okay. But he said just watching over and over again their films to try and get the rhythm right, um, he, just, he was taking more and more words out because they hardly use any dialogue. And, yeah. and the show is brilliant for that. There is so little said in that in that show, and everything is just shown, and 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 you re- it's you reading between the lines. It asks yeah. a lot of the audience, but then I think that's really rewarding. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's there's like odd like things that happen as well. Like what you're saying about there's uh, there's been a character in both series now. Um, there was a character in the first one that was deaf, uh, so he um, talks through sign language and or barely just didn't do anything yeah Actually, he might not even talk through sign language maybe i made that up maybe i think so because he's in there will be blood and he talks with sign language and that <laughs> but maybe he doesn't even do that and then now there's there's brothers in this series who don't talk as well they're sort of like mute brothers and they're just hilarious as well they're good characters um, yeah. but it's kind of like do you see like they're sort of those for me in my head those characters are connected even though they're kind of not because yeah. they're kind of doing the same thing and they have this like really weird just well it could be a necessary trait that they just don't talk yeah but they're just connected in that way and i really like how a lot of the characters feel like they are connected or sort of like different versions or like alternate reality versions of different things yeah sure i think they do a really smart uh, thing sure like yeah that. no i do think that themes will repeat and 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 it was interesting he said that this one where the first series was influenced by fargo the movie mm. this one the influence has been miller's crossing a lot okay, in that it's yeah. two gangs against each other yeah and um the man who wasn't there as well as another movie that he was saying he's just trying to bring in <clears throat> lots of inspirations from their films yeah. which I would just you know if someone told me that I would think I don't want to see that yeah. but they've done it in such a way and he's saying he doesn't even know if the Coen brothers have watched it really? they send uh-huh. them the scripts and you know they're involved as producers or whatever yeah. but really that's just in by name they send them the scripts and he said I send them the finished episodes but he said they're busy with their film yeah. uh, so I don't, I don't really know what their thoughts are and that's, that's crazy that they're just sort of doing it in a vacuum without them it is strange because, as you, as you said, like when you hear about these different things, you go, oh, so this is getting rebooted, this is getting remade, and you think, oh, God, really? And when they said, like, Fargo, like, Fargo's one of my favourite ever films, I just thought, why? Mm, yeah, but actually, it didn't make any sense. When, did you've it? Got, when you've got, you know, they've obviously got an interesting idea for it, and I think yeah. when you're doing that, then, yeah, that's amazing. And that cast, you know, the cast is so Fantastic, good yeah. that, that you wouldn't get that calibre of cast, I don't think. No. You've not got a cast that good in the Minority Report reboot or, or the Limitless one, although I guess they've got Bradley Cooper in that. Yeah. But, like, you know, you're, you're, these are sort of A-listers, aren't they? Yeah. Isn't, so uh, we should go on to talk about a point then, because mm. this is a really, really good second series. Yes. But 
we've had some absolute stinkers of second series this year. Yeah. Um, I think probably the worst one that people have thought about is True Detective. Agreed. So it's another sort of, um, like True Detective, another sort of anthology type show where every series is going to be different characters, different yeah. story, different setting. And, the you know, probably the, the first series universally loved, I would have thought. Like, mm-hmm. everybody who watched it really, really liked it. So it was a lot of sort of hype around the second series. And it just, well, for a lot of people, just didn't live up to it. Um, I never actually finished it. I never got around to finishing it. Um, because I just wasn't compelled to go back and go back another, to it. Another show I haven't seen, by the way, but I've seen bits of it. My old housemate used to watch the first season. He was always telling me to watch it. Yeah. And then when it got to the second, the few people that I spoke to who had watched it, they said, it's probably not worth it, mm. to be honest now. And they said, just watch the first season and then maybe have a look again the next season and see if it's yeah. better. But yeah, just told by nobody, by everybody now not to watch it. So, well, How far did you make it through True Detective Series 2? I watched it. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Um, it was a slog, though. It was yeah. a slog. I did think it got it got a little bit better the last two or three episodes, but um, I just wasn't interested in the storyline this time around. No. I wasn't interested in the characters. Um, I felt like, you know, that director that directed every episode of the first series mm. and then was not involved with this one, I think that was a big loss. Definitely, yeah. And it was weird that they even made a frigging joke at his expense in, yeah, in, in the really show. Yeah, um, I thought Vince Vaughn was really badly miscast. Awesome. Yeah. And I found it re- I found it very um, confusing as well. I found mm. it like a quite hard show to keep up with, and maybe that's my stupidity. But um, I just, I, but it, partly because I wasn't interested. Like yeah. it really yeah. made you know, I've having to go away and really think about this. I can't be bothered. I don't care about any yeah. of these characters. I think because I think the first series was definitely like that. The first series was really confusing, and mm. but because you you bought into it, yeah, you made a very conscious effort of being like, okay, right. What is going on here? And you actually yeah. thought about it a little bit more, or Google it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or this time around, I was, yeah. I was, yeah. I just, it was, it was, it was such a shame because um, the first series was such an interesting, mm. uh, you know, brilliantly put together thing. I, I still don't really like the last episode of the first series, no. but um, but it was worth the journey to get there, and, and and just the best thing that those two actors have done as well. Mm. And then this one, you know, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm a Vince Vaughn fan, but he's, and I hoped this is going to do for him what, you know, the first series did for uh, at that time for McConaughey, but like, yeah. it just wasn't. It just, it just didn't have the chops to do it. It didn't have like for me like the main sort of relationship either between like good characters like McConaughey and like Harrelson, like having those two very very different types of characters approaching this case from really really different sort of uh, ways, but in this. I don't know, like I don't know who I was meant to be on the side of, or hmm. whose story I was meant to be buying into. Because I, I quite enjoyed Taylor Kitsch's thing; he was doing something yeah. a little bit different. Yeah, I kind, he kind of enjoyed. He that. was the character I enjoyed the most. Yeah. Rachel McAdams was interesting. I didn't mind that because that did at least make it a bit different. But yeah. it just didn't. It didn't work. No, uh, shame. No, but there's a, bit, a couple of other like. Yeah not very good uh, second series. Orange is the New Black was like a lot of people let down by that. Yeah, yeah. that's funny. I, I actually stopped watching that one. Yeah. I, I, and it wasn't because I wasn't even liking it, disliking it that much. I just lost interest. You yeah. know, you've got to... Re- I, I, you nothing know. happens. In yeah. This season. yeah. Nothing happened at all. Like, my girlfriend was watching it, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, there was an episode where they were about 
she was writing a fiction book or something, whatever, and it was just about an alien. And then that was the story. That was the whole episode. Right. Mm. It was just about her wanting to write a book in a story writing club or something like that. It's like, this is not the television that I want to watch. Yeah, which is a shame because that looked like it really could have had legs. But mm. now it feels like it's kind of one and done, that one. Yeah. yeah. Another one as well is Catastrophe. And this is an interesting one because, look, I haven't been enjoying the second series of Catastrophe at all. And I absolutely love the first one. But lots of people seem to have, re- like, they, they sort of kind of mixed reviews about the second series. But it's really strange how that one went into production, like, so... Like, they've, they've been two series in one year, basically. Yeah. That's really strange. Uh, it is and it isn't, though, because they're only six episodes. So yeah. if you go by the American model, it's still only half what they do <laughs> in, in, in a year. But it, with it just being the two of them writing it, it's quite impressive to get that done. Um, I can't speak for this one because I only got halfway through the first series and I was really okay. enjoying it. But I wanted to finish that before I got onto the second one. Yeah. But I, I, you're the first person I've heard that said they didn't like it. Oh, really? Okay. Is it, is it been a Has that been a quite general...? I think it's sort of mixed, I think. I think... Uh, the people who really, really love the first one are kind of enjoying it, but you know, it's just not as good, basically. Um, has, it, like, has it screened in America? Catastrophe yet? The first series has, okay. and it's all available. There. I'm not sure about the second series. Yeah, stuff. sure. Um, but for me, probably the worst series I watched, the worst thing I watched on telly this year, and I think just an awful, awful second series was Broadchurch. Now, like, I love the first series of Broadchurch. Yeah. It was, I, I, I thought it was so good. And I thought it was going to be like a self-contained mm-hmm. thing. And then they did a second series. And it was just everything that was good about the first series just sort of hauled out and just beaten to death. It was like every week some, it was getting worse and worse and worse. And it's just a horrible payoff. And I think they're bringing it back for a third as well now. Um, like, I don't think anybody wants this. Let's reinvestigate that case again. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I, I totally agree. It was bizarre. It was like fan fiction or something. It, it wasn't like a real <laughs> program. Yeah. Um, and it, it, the first series had worked so well, uh, it definitely should have left it. Yeah. I mean, everything they did just made the first series <laughs> seem worse. Like, talk about ruin your legacy. Um it was just so unnecessary, everything in it. Um, I so- like the idea of like going back, if they were going to do a second series, going back and just having him doing those murders that before, what were they called? Sambrook. Mm. Like going back and like re sort of investigating that. I yeah. would kind of like to see that. Sure, well, they were compelling characters, compelling, yeah. compelling protagonists. And a really good story, the Sandbrook thing. Was. Sure. Yeah. Or give them another case. But to yeah. just go back over the, over the previous case <laughs> when we've been there, we've done that. Yeah. Um, and then to, for it to, you just keep thinking, you kept thinking, well, it's going to have some kind of amazing payoff here. Yeah. They can't just be reinvestigating this for no reason. No. Oh, no, they are. <laughs> yeah, they are. There, there's no. Oh, that's the payoff. Well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's laughable. You've taken this <coughs> this beautiful tragic tale and you've made it into like almost like a comedy at the end. Yeah. I thought that was when they all, you know, were sending him off in a taxi. Yeah, and it was like kind of like based around the, like a, a courtroom, almost trying to make it like a courtroom drama. But it was just laughable because they kept running back from you know. The Sandbrook thing, they kept running, and then they would run. They'd oh, we need to get to court for this time. So then you like so much of it happened in like foyer, like the foyer of a courtroom. They were just like either running in or running out, and like it was oh, it was just so hard to watch every week. It's just like what are they gonna do this week that is gonna try and wreck the memory of the first series for me? Yeah, and, and they nailed it. And they did. That's what they were trying to do. <laughs> All right, that's um, that's four negatives. I need yeah. you to now give me five positives to make me feel better. Five positive second series. Just just something, just something TV. Let's go back to the good stuff. All right, yeah. Dale, what was your highlight then? 
Uh, my highlight of the year was Mr. Robot. Okay, so this is on my like guilty. I haven't watched it. Yeah, like the like all the shows we spoke about so yeah, far yeah, for yeah. me. <laughs> but it's one of the ones that we constantly. We even had a, an email on the IGN UK podcast today saying, "How come you guys never talk about Mr. Robot?" It's like because it hadn't screened yeah. in the UK though. It was. It was it? Yeah, it wasn't easy to find. I only heard about it through American websites. Oh, okay. Really, where did it screen in the UK then? Because I know it was, it was on telly. It's on Amazon now, isn't it? Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Wasn't it initially on Channel Four? I don't think so. That's no. not how oh. I saw it. No. Okay. Probably yeah, shouldn't discuss how I saw it, no, but you know. But uh, it's all on Amazon Prime now, yeah. <clears throat> yes. So okay. um, fantastic show. Very uh, of the times as well with all the stuff going on with anonymous and uh, you know hacktivism in general. Really, it's, that's what it's all about. I found it um, as someone who's I've studied film in the past as well, and uh, the cinematography of the show is really striking and at first kind of jarring and off-putting, mm. but then. It's a really like wanky way to say it, but it kind of lends itself to the plot as well. It's like everything breaks all the rules of cinematography. Like the classic one is the rule of thirds. Like most people know what the rule of thirds, is, and it just completely throws out of the window. You'll have the frame there, and he'll be right in the bottom corner, and mm. this huge amount of space is wasted. But it, it for some reason it just it feels right in this show, and uh, I can't quite explain it. There's no actual robots, isn't it? I'm, I'm right no. No, there's no robots. No, and I, I can I tell actually, you what Mr. Robot wants, but I think it might be a spoiler. Right. I actually do think the title is a bit is is a problem actually, right, okay. because you immediately think, oh well, that sounds like a silly sci-fi show. Mm, yeah, yeah. I, it makes me think of something called Metal Mickey, which was a kids <laughs> show on in the '80s, which you guys are too young for. Yeah. But um, yeah, and so you, you almost have to when you tell someone about it, you almost have to qualify. I've done that yeah. twice now, so, but yeah. there's no robots in it. Not that robots are bad, yeah. but like it's a, it's it's a very grounded. Although it's set in the future, it's very grounded in in very real but things. Do you not find yeah. the synopsis as well is really boring? Like when I first I'd seen all these reviews and thought I mm. want to watch this, and I read the synopsis and I thought it doesn't sound that interesting, but I'm yeah. willing to give it a go. But it felt like a hurdle to get over. And trying to convince my girlfriend to watch that for some round was a challenge, and I'm glad I did because yeah. she really enjoyed it. Mm. I think the reason maybe I thought it was on Channel Four is because there was a Channel Four show called Humans. Which is about yeah. robots. Yeah, it's much better. Humans. Than that. I thought it's much better. Maybe I'm confused. It's much better than humans. Okay, yeah. good. And That's the lead actor is really interesting guy yeah, who I've seen in a few things but never really noticed. Mm. Um, although I have spoken to some people who have a problem with his performance and and the really? camera work and stuff. Just saying that by the end, like what's interesting at the beginning becomes quite annoying. Yeah. Towards the end, and I can see that. But yeah. I, I was with it. It just. I found that the last episode was a bit of a damp squib. Yeah. When it kind of it built to a bit of, I don't know. It was sort of you you were expecting a crescendo, and it, it just kind of. I felt like that was in. I think it was it was a while ago. I watched it, but I think it was episode eight or nine. It felt like the point we've been building to all season was that point. Yeah. And it was kind of like a Game of Thrones uh, model where the last episode is kind of the fallout, and it was just the dust was settling. And yeah, I, I see what you're saying there. It's a bit disappointing. The biggest thing for me that irks me about that show is well, there's two things actually. The first one is there's no, it's all doom and gloom. Like, there's no light moments whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And even in some of the darker shows, I'll have moments where, you know, there's a bit of yeah. fun or something. And it's just, it's a very serious, depressing watch. Yeah. And uh, the other one I've completely blanked on right now. I really want to see, I really want to see Mr. Robert because the, the main guy in it is in uh, Until Dawn, which is one of my favorite That's games right, yeah. of the year as well. Um, so I kind of want to see it to see what he's like in that but I think I was put off by a lot of like the, the posters and stuff as well like the posters were like really bad for it they had stuff like it was just like year nine sort of like hacktivism type things like right, yeah. basically said hack the planet on it and stuff like that I thought of my other it one kind of me off. it's come back to me it was uh, the plot twist did you not think it was uh, yeah it was strange it was, 
It was yeah, but I felt like it was something that's been done a lot yeah. as well, and yeah. you could kind of see it coming from the start. I picked up on it in the first yeah. couple of episodes, Agreed. and then they ignored you. You kind of forgot about it for a while, and then it came back, and it's like yeah, kind of saw that coming, but yeah. it never now really. Now like, that's all I'm going to be looking for. Is yeah, like oh, Dale got it. But, but, but it's obvious on what kind of character is and how he talks that there's always <coughs> something more going on mm. with him. So, but it's still like <clears throat> there are two minor things which are. Don't ruin a fantastic show. Okay. And what's your favourite show of the year, Bing Gav? Like Fargo's up there. I think Mad Men. Yeah. Because I, I think it is my favourite. I thought about it a lot. I think Mad Men is my <clears throat> favourite TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was one of the only times where I felt like what, I was watching something that was my favourite thing on telly and it was ending. And I was, I was super sad that it was ending, but it ended in like a perfect way for me I think there was nothing that came out of that show where I uh, the last episode where I thought what would I have liked to have seen different even mm. there's a couple the, like the sort of the way there was one I'll try not to spoil it, spoil it again but like the way they end one set of characters sort of this sort of relationship they end it in a really sort of over the top sort of like Hollywood way but actually I was like I needed something really really nice and I, I needed a really good payoff for that because mm. I sort of, I don't know, I just, this, I kind of excused it, even though I was just like, okay, this is really over the top. I don't know, it was just like, it was so nice to see something really good happen to two characters that I loved. Yeah. I really liked that. And I just think what they actually did with him in those last few episodes, I had absolutely no, no idea where it was going. And there's a couple of, like, because a lot of the last episode, it's just conversations over the phone, um, which is kind of really strange, but it really works. Because like, he has these, like, really important like three important conversations on the phone um, which kind of ties back to something like uh, like as they said earlier in the series about like the the three most important people in your life and things like that and he has these three conversations and they're just brilliant conversations and just the last shot I think like if I think back to like my my other favourite TV shows like Sopranos I still don't know how I feel about the end of Sopranos like I don't know if I liked it if I didn't what I think actually happened and I've thought about that a lot whereas this it was a, it was clean without being too clean, I think. Mm. And I, I wonder if it if because it was a relatively happy ending. Yeah. No shocks, no twists, nothing yeah. particularly dark happening. I guess you could say the the stiff, the, you know, the Don thing is yeah. it's kind of dark, but fitting in keeping with him as a character. Yeah. But will it be as remembered as as well that ending as yeah. something like Sopranos, or I, I guess there was some finality to Breaking Bad and. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cuff some characters in the wire at the end there. I wonder if it's just it was almost too sweet and nice, and it's mm. it's almost because it was what everyone wanted. Yeah. Will it be? Will it stay with people like some of these other shows have, or do you need to subvert that a, a bit more than they than than they did? Yeah, I think you're right. I think maybe, but I kind of felt like that were Breaking Bad. Like, mm. I no, felt sure. Like, I, I mean, ca- that was kind of yeah. Because I like a lot of people think that is brilliant, but I thought that was a little bit too clean. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but, but at the time when I was watching Mad Men, I didn't think that. But you are right; it does it ties things up so. Uh, but then there was also, I mean, I spoke to a couple of people on. There's, I think there's only one way of reading the end of it, but a lot of people did read it a completely different way as well. Mm. People are always going to do that, though. They do it with Breaking Bad as well. Yeah. It's blatantly obvious what happens at the end. I mean, <laughs> someone still manages to say, "There's another season coming. He's still alive." Yeah. Spoilers. Sorry. Um, but there was, but there was no, yeah, there was no like for me, there was no two ways of reading this. I don't know. No, definitely not. And, yeah. and uh, it was a really good series season as well. Mm. Like it was a really strong. I think the the consistency on that show has been really impressive in terms yeah. of the writing and the acting and and um, yeah, it was the end of it was the end of something really special. I think that all yeah. 
probably always be in my top five. It's not, it's not my favourite, but it'll yeah. it'll always be up there. I just, it was just a, a brilliant a thing that if again, it's one of those shows that if someone had told me the premise. I don't think I would have been very interested in it, mm. but it's just that's what good writing is and good yeah. television is. Yeah. I still have that. I still have a conversation. I reckon at least <clears> once <throat> a month with someone who hasn't seen Mad Men. Of just just in the pub or something, and me just going, "Please, you should definitely watch it." Yeah, like, well, it is one of those shows that didn't didn't seem to get everyone on board. Yeah, I think in the way that Breaking Bad did, The Wire eventually did, yeah. Sopranos did, and, and and not everyone what watched it. No, strange, it's really strange. Do um, it. But, and also another one, one of my tops as well, was Veep. Mm -hmm. uh, as like comedy series go, uh, this has just got so much better over the years. Like it's, it's always been really, really good, um, but it's just got better and better and better. And like, it's not, I guess you can't, it's not a remake or reimagining of the thick of it, but they do, it's interesting in the later series, they have, it's really, really similar to the final series of the thick of it. Um, there's even uh, one of like one of my favorite episodes of the thick of it is the deposition episode where everything's been sort of leading up and they film a lot of stuff has gone bad in the thick of it and they mm -hmm. they are they have to actually answer for all this horrible stuff that they've done yeah. with this sort of uh, public hearing um, and this happens in Veep the series yeah. and it's one of my favorite series it's one of my favorite episodes of anything that I've watched this year because it just it's interesting to see. What what you know? These people acting. You've spent all this time with these characters, so you know kind of what they're thinking when they're saying all this like public stuff. But it's interesting to basically have an entire episode of just having them sit doing their public stuff, mm. um, and it's just so funny. It's very funny. Yeah, um, and yeah, it's just so many amazing, hilarious characters in there. So if you haven't been watching the video, you should definitely watch. Yeah, that. best best comedy on telly now, and it yeah. really wasn't like that. You're right; it's improved with every season. Yeah. And it's nearly as good as the thick of it now. Mm. Uh, the only thing it's missing, really, is a character as good as um, what's he chops Peter. Malcolm, yeah. yeah. Um, but aside from that, it's it's. I can't wait for the next series. And yeah. unfortunately, Ianucci's left. I think, hasn't he, with this series? Has he? Yeah, I think this was his last season, wow. just because he wanted to move on and do other things. But um, I hope they can keep up the standard without him, because. Yeah, I think I hope and, so. And it won the Emmy, I think, this year, didn't it? For best, it did yeah. Like I think this year, Fargo and Veep were the two winners, and yeah. I was like, brilliant. Although yeah. it was, it was series one of Fargo, I was like, this, this, they picked the right two. Yeah, I didn't know that Anusha had left. Like this, because there's a lot of like other British people involved in it. The um, sure, the brothers who uh, involved with like Partridge now. Yeah. Like those guys, are like really heavily, like they do a lot of like uh, script stuff on it. And Chris Addison like directed quite a lot of directs a lot of it. Well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so hopefully it keeps up. Yeah. Um, what was one of your other highlights of the years? Ah, well, um, let me see. I was going to talk about um, Hannibal. Okay. Hannibal's a show. It's taken me a while to really fall in love with, but yeah. I thought it was that Cooper likes it a lot more than I do. But yeah. It was a show we'd always come in and talk about after each episode, which is always a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. And they really went for it in that final season. I think that maybe they found out halfway through that they were getting cancelled and so they were d tying everything up. And it just, it's still shocking to me how violent that programme was. Really? To see that on, and I think it's on network television as well. Yeah. It's like, I mean, really the stuff of nightmares, as, as unpleasant as any horror film I saw this year. Um, and I think Mr. Robot had horror elements to it as well. I think there's been some quite chilling... Different kind of horror. There, some chilling so. TV this year. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought Hannibal... Uh, I thought they... they it, it's a shame it won't, there won't be any more, but I thought the ending was a really perfect ending for okay. what that programme represented. Uh, that's interesting, because that's kind of like why I've stayed away from it. Because I watched the first couple of episodes when it was first on, um, when it first started, 
and I kind of thought, yeah, it's something maybe I'll get into when it's all been released. I'm exactly the same. But then I kind of sort of stayed away with it because I knew because it, it was getting cancelled. But you th- don't think that's a thing? No, I think I think I think I think they knew far enough in advance that they okay. were able. But equally, it's it's an ending where if if you know it's it's always been said that they will do more if they can. It's just yeah. no one has wanted to buy. It's just it just cost too much money. But you could easily carry on. But if they if it, if it ends there, then I'm happy with it. You know. Ah, okay, cool. So you have to see, you have to watch it now to find yeah. out what that ending is. What was it? It's third season. Yeah, three series. <coughs> so yeah, I was like, Gav, I watched first couple, and I was like, it's okay, but I had other things I wanted to watch. Yeah, and it kind of yeah. just got pushed aside. And then when it, when you hear it's getting cancelled, <coughs> like, is it worth my time anymore? But it sounds like it is. Yeah, I just kind yeah. of didn't like Will. I didn't like the, his dream sequences and things like that. Um, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the actor who plays him. Yeah. And I can't understand what Hannibal's saying sometimes. Still, <laughs> uh, that makes me racist. But um, yeah, I, I, no, I just because I like my horror, and yeah. I haven't been a lot, huge amount of horror films. I'd like I've liked recently. It was mm. good to see something on the telly that was nastier than what was in cinemas. Yeah, um, we were going to talk about Netflix a bit, though, weren't we? Yes, as well, let's do that. Uh, favorite Netflix show, Dale. Uh, so. Gab's got one. So he might want to go first. Which right, I Gab, shared. What's your favourite Netflix show this year? It was Narcos. Mm. Um, it's such a. I kind of know quite a lot about the story of um, Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good start. I love him. I'm, I'm obsessed with him. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Except his name. Um, <clears throat> and so I was interested to see what how they sort of went about doing yeah, this. Same. Um, but it's such a good show. Like. Perfectly casted Escobar, I think. Like he's really, really good. Absolutely, um, yeah, he's a standout of the show. But also the police, like the two police, the main police guys. Oh, I, I, I really enjoy them as well. Um, so the guy who's in Game of Thrones, I can't remember yeah. his name. Pedro. Pedro Pascal. Pascal, yeah. yeah. He's really good. I really enjoyed him. The other guy who plays is it DA Agent Murphy? Yeah. I think. yeah. And I just felt like all the way through the show, I never, I was never rooting for him. I never really cared about what really? he was doing. I and obviously, as the show develops, he is becoming more. Yeah. More like you know he's he's bending the law to get what he wants, which yeah. is public down. It's, it's, really, it's basically about like sort of um, mix between these two governments, like American and um, South American, trying to take down Pablo Escobar, yeah. uh, the sort of like drug cartel, and it's really sort of dense. It's really unforgiving. You yeah. like it's half of his English, half of his in Spanish. So you have to read like I'd a lot it's of um, more like seventy percent of it. Yeah, it's, it's a lot, a lot of subtitles. So uh, it's it's kind of like unforgiving. You really have to like completely focus on it. It's not something you can yeah, sort of definitely. watch in the background or anything like that. But I kind of like that. So it reminds me of The Wire in that way, where if you are not paying attention for a scene, then you'll be yeah. lost. You can't like, be a passive fan later. of uh, Narcos. Definitely yeah. not. No. Um, but. I kind of I really like the sort of mix of like real life. They use a lot of like real life sort of footage and things like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a lot of photos. It. No, it just every time it like it takes me out. I'm aware then I'm watching a TV show again. I was right, like, oh okay. yeah, that's the real version. I was like, I just want to be invested in the show. It's not enough to really put me off the show. I, yeah. I love the show. It's just something that jarred me every time. But, it, but for me, because they use like a lot of like old like um, sort of archive footage and things like that, yeah. that just makes me think makes like click that oh this, this is real this is all stuff yeah. is real really happened Definitely. he actually did a lot and a lot of stuff that he's doing as well it makes it even better because it is real because yeah. you think if that Definitely. was if it was in a, a show that was just uh, like completely straight up just fictionalized like just fiction drama yeah you think well that's not believable at all mm. but because it's real you just think god how's this guy getting away with all this different stuff um, I don't, are, they do, are they definitely doing a second series they are yeah. like, I don't know like Where's left to go, really? Like, because yeah. I know the real events of Pablo Escobar, <clears throat> and uh, well, I suppose that's spoiler territory going into there. But yeah, I guess feels, 
I, I, it, it felt really well paced though that's one thing I will say about the show yeah. it's like how you know this is a man's real life and obviously he's had a crazy life and all, all the things that he did were insane but they yeah. managed every episode felt like it had it felt self-contained to a degree as yeah. well the first episode maybe not was the one where it was sort of backstory backstory filling it all in yeah. so you could get you up to speed but yeah, fantastic show. A really like, nerdy comment, but I really love the colours of the show. It's yeah, it looks really good. It's one of the only. Um, it's one of the only shows I think uh, on Netflix that I don't feel like it was filmed in a warehouse. Mm. I always think that. Like I love the first series of House of Cards, but I feel like I think that was filmed in a warehouse, in like a big warehouse where they had everything there. Yeah. And if like it all feels like that, it feels like everything is takes place in a room. Whereas this actually feels like it's actually outside. For Definitely, yeah. Like even in like Daredevil and Jessica Jones, like that it feels like what you, everything you're watching is on a, like a big set. Um, Did you watch season three of House of Cards? I haven't. No. Okay. Yeah. It's good. It's good. That's been one of my favorite Netflix okay. shows this year. Uh, the Russian, a lot of interaction between Frank and the Russian president and. Okay. It's very interesting. You can yeah. you can you can sense that they've probably drawn from Putin and things that happen in real life. He's right. a real son of a bitch. Yeah. Um. And it's great just seeing him and Frank kind of going toe to toe. And yeah, I mean that's it's a series I find hard to watch. Because yeah. I find it relentlessly disturbing, mm. uh, upsetting me on a level that I don't really like. I'm not very comfortable <laughs> with. I'm a bit of a wimp, and it just like. <laughs> It's nasty. And the funny thing is, I, I watched the original, there was a British version of House of Cards on when I was a kid. Yeah. And I remember it being one of the most frightening things I'd seen because I was too young when I watched it. I was probably 10 yeah. uh, when it was first on the telly. And uh, he's very similar. The character is very similar. He's Fra Francis Urquhart in the original because okay. he's, he's, he's posh. And um, I just remember how he, not being able to understand how someone so charming could be so evil. It was my first exposure to a character like that. Yeah. And my 10-year-old brain couldn't really deal with it. <laughs> and now my like 37-year-old brain struggles to deal with Frank. You know, Do yeah. I like him or don't I like him? You know? That's well, the thing. Is, it's, it's really hard because the stuff he does is just nasty. And, and her. Just, yeah. She's really pretty. But she's evil. Yeah. What's scares like, you more? Chris, the original House of Cards or the Superman 3 robot scene? Oh, Superman 3 robot scene. <laughs> no doubt whatsoever. Uh, watch that on the superhero show. I, I, I think one of the worst things about it as well is just the way that it feels... By, like, I've only watched two series, but even by sort of midway through series two, I kind of, kind of could see, oh, what you know, he's manipulating you for this reason sort of thing. Whereas yeah. in the first series, a lot of it is thinking even though you know he's a bad dude you're thinking oh is he doing this for the greater good is he just yeah, doing yeah. it himself and then you go by series two you're like no he's just yeah bastard. like I, I knew that because I'd seen the original right, okay, and I yeah. knew that if they were going to stick to you know yeah. the, who the character is he's just pure evil yeah but um but so hopefully the fun's going to come now in, in starting to see his downfall because yeah. they'll have they'll have to start doing that that's a show where I definitely don't want to see the hero win because oh. it should be fun watching him and you know there, there's elements of that in in, the, in this season but um that's the thing it should be it should be it is going to be fun watching it because it's going to make you feel better about yourself, isn't it? Because you've been along for this ride. And as you said, like, you, you know, you've gone, do I like this guy? And if I do, what does that say about me? So actually having him fall and be like, okay, good. That's, that's good. Cause that's what we don't get anymore. You do, you get like, you know, people who you kind of like breaking bad, you're kind of on his side because it all starts from a, a place of good. Whereas this all is from just evil, pure evil. Yeah. Um, we'll get onto the other Netflix ones in the next section. Okay. Cause they're, but, um, <clears throat> I feel like if we're talking about Netflix, is there any Amazon shows that you liked that came about this year? 
I haven't watched Man in the High Castle yet. No. Um, it's so been pretty mixed, though. Yeah. I, f- I feel like people have been yeah. quite mixed on that. Apparently, it's got a really, really good ending. Um, okay. But I watched all of Red Oaks. Yeah. Um, the David Gordon Green um, like series. And I really liked the sort of... Like, it was pilot. It was one of those pilots that Amazon did where they did a bunch of pilots. Yeah. And then you could vote on which ones they would make into sure. like full shows. And it was one of the ones they made into a full show. And... It's it's kind of good, but at the end when I finished it, kind of sort of looked at my girlfriend. And we're just like, eh. yeah, like, it's just mm. utterly pointless. Yeah, it's a nice easy watch though. Yeah, it's quite relaxing. You know, it's not that laugh out loud funny. No, uh, it's nice to see friend of the show Craig Roberts in it, and yeah. some of the periphery characters are funny. But no, I I, I I'm watching it as much for the nostalgia of yeah. the '80s, which is my thing. Yeah, uh, as I am for you know that you're desperate to watch. Episode after episode. Any Amazon ones that spring to mind? Uh, not. I don't have an Amazon Prime account, yeah. so uh, I haven't seen any of them, no. Um, Is it worth getting? Uh, Do you feel like there's enough TV shows on there? to? I've watched a lot of documentaries on there. Mm. Um, I think they're getting there. I think their TV is, is getting better and better as they right, go yeah. along. And I think this way of letting the audience choose is a really interesting yeah. business model. But would you suggest someone has Netflix and Amazon Prime video? Why not? I've got them. So well, that's your job, though. Don't think you've, I you've got one on top of your deal list uh, from Netflix. Um, and yeah, if I, I was going to make, if I was going to make a list of my worst TV shows of the year, yeah. Master of None would be on it. I yes, thought you, you mentioned this it. to me oh. earlier. I thought, did you not even like the first episode or something? I really like. I, I only watched. I only watched the first episode, so I don't know. Did you like it? Um, I, was a stinker. I didn't finish it. Uh, it. It's too hard for me to watch Netflix with my internet connection at the moment. So, that's not as easy on Sorry's fault. <laughs> not entirely. No, not, no. It's, See, no, it's not. That's yeah. the biggest hook for me. I'm a massive Aziz on Sorry. So fan. am I. Yeah. Like, I love him. I read like, his book earlier in the year and I thought it was really, really good. Yeah. Like, I love his stand up. I've been seeing him live a couple of times. Oh, wow. Okay. I really like him on Parks and Rec. He's one of my exactly. favourite characters. But does he not feel like an extension of that character from Parks and Rec? No. Mixed with kind of what he is in real life, you know. This it's actor just, it's in New too York. smug. It's like, I definitely. thought it was a really horrible smug show. And it's definitely not one of my favourite shows of the year, but it's something I found very easy to watch. And it was, it, the time sort of flew by and it felt like there were scenes in there and I was like, what's really happening in this scene? I yeah. could never quite follow the narrative, so to speak. It was just... A bit bizarre, but I yeah. found that intriguing as well, and it was something that it's resonated with me, it stuck with me. So because he's such a smart person, um, and uh, like his book is brilliant. Like you should mm. definitely read his book. It's, yeah. like, it's called Modern Romance, and it's about sort of like dating, sort of now. I thought it was going to kind of be like that, yeah. And it kind of does draw upon some bits and bobs. But another show which I haven't put on my list, but I completely forgot about, was Louis as well. Right, like yeah. that always just gets better and better all the time. But it does I feel, feel a lot like Louis actually to me. But at the same time, the thing I like about Louis is. It's you know a, a comedian writing about this like weird world that I have I don't know anything about. But he writes in a way I was just like that's exactly how people talk. Yeah. Like he writes like perfect dialogue with that. Whereas Master of None, yeah. nobody talks like that. I agree. And, and it's meant to be this sort of like realistic like comedy show. I'm just like none of the things that are said. I just I, I don't really I'm not on any character side. People yeah. love the show though. I didn't like his parents in it at all. And everyone went mad for them. Yeah. Really? Yeah. It's like a big thing. Like I think his dad was on um, Colbert. I think that's uh, crazy because they were like they completely took me out of it. Right. At that point, they were just 
they might as well have held like cue cards behind the camera or something because they were, they were just bad, they were yeah. terrible actors. Oh, that makes me want to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's only second, but, I think it's the second episode they bring his parents in. Okay, so yeah, you don't yeah. have to watch much else if you. But I found like there was times where it was good fun and it's uh, just such a lovable guy as well. I always found myself like yeah, that is something true. about him that always entertains me I think the comedy on Netflix has been pretty good though generally mm, yeah. uh, Kimmy Schmidt was an interesting show yeah you know I had mixed feelings about it but like it was quite a brave show yeah quite an unusual show so quite, unusual quite edgy um, it's such a strange show that is yeah, like I, I, I really really liked it and I finished very that. watchable yeah. yeah definitely very and watchable. I think like some of the jokes in that like really made me laugh like for days and days and days afterwards mm. but then the actual episodes themselves the containing it was sometimes a little bit poor. Yeah. I thought, oh, actually, you haven't come up with a very good way of containing these jokes, but I still really enjoyed it. And um, what's her name, uh, who plays Kimmy, is just really, really funny as well. She was one of my favourite things in the American office like later on. Yeah. Um, she was really, really good. No, um, it was good. And uh, Where Hot American Summer, you've got on your list as yes. well, which Netflix brought back. Mm. Which I um, I didn't know anything about. I'd never seen the original film, and then I just saw it popping up on Netflix. I saw the cast, and it seemed bizarre, so I thought yeah. I'd give it a shot. So I watched the film first and then watched oh, the show. Okay, and yeah. I, I just you were going to say you watched this show without watching no, the no, film. No, no, like... <laughs> So I saw it was coming, so I thought I'll watch the film first. And I just really enjoyed it because it's just... It, like A lot of these TV shows where we go, they're all serious and, and quite you know hard-hitting stuff. And that's just yeah. a bit of fun, a bit stupid. Yeah. It's a parody of itself. The fact that it's a prequel and they're playing their young, younger versions of their younger selves, it's ridiculous. And yeah. it was just good fun, I thought. Yeah, that's something I enjoyed more than the film, actually. Yeah. I mean, I watched mm. the film at the time when it came out and it was, I found it a little bit annoying. Yeah. Mm. But I think the jokes have got better and I really like Gay Bradley Cooper as well. Yeah. yeah. I like Bradley. He was only on it for one day, Gay though, Bradley wasn't he? Cooper. Yeah. He was only on set for one day and then they do a joke with it later where they put a mask on him, he's like DJ Ski Mask, just so they could use somebody else as like a stand-in for him. Nice. That was really clever. But I also feel like it's been the year of the superhero show, really, because mm. we've had so many. Mm. Some new ones, some old returning ones, some, one, some that came and got cancelled before they even finished. Yeah. Um, so did you, I'm, I'm going to list them all now. Flash, Arrow, Supergirl, <laughs> Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Agent Carter, Gotham, Constantine. There might be more. Yeah. Uh, but uh, what did you watch any of them? Did you, any of them that you liked, anything you hated? See, I watched... The first episode, because I kind of wanted to, because Alex watches Flash and Arrow. Yeah. And every time he talks about them on the podcast, I would just go, they're just, they're not for me. Mm. And and Gotham as well. So I thought, I'm going to watch the first episode. So I've watched the first episode of all of these. And a lot of people will say, oh, yeah, you you, know, you can't judge a show by its first episode. Yeah, you can. Yeah, I think. You should, like, this should be their best episode. I agree. That and the first, last episode should be their best episode. And I think just Flash, Arrow... Supergirl less so because I really enjoyed the first episode of Super, mm. uh, Supergirl um, but none of them like grabbed me at all like I'm like even like Jessica Jones and Daredevil like I've, I've, I've haven't finished Daredevil or Jessica Jones because I just didn't feel compelled to yep um, and apparently like Flash and Arrow get really really good in the second series but I'm not going to watch an entire show no an entire series because something gets better later My on. problem with them is I think they're both... I, I like both of them, but there's mm. too many episodes in a season. And there's so many that I've got to watch now. Yeah. Like, that yeah. I haven't... If you haven't kept up from the beginning, to go back and watch, you know, 40 episodes of Arrow to That's, get to the good yeah. stuff or whatever, 
Um, and I, I think there's just too much filler in those. I think um, Daredevil and Jessica Jones have been stronger in that they're only been 13 episodes. Yeah. But even then, you know, Dan and I did our spoiler cast for yeah. Jessica Jones, and that was the criticism. It felt like a really, really good eight-episode series arc that was stretched out. And so I think the length of some of these seasons is 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 a problem. I mean, I watched the first episode of Gotham and just felt like it wasn't really no. for me. Yeah. Uh, Constantine I stuck with till about halfway through. It was quite hard to find and watch. That was Amazon, wasn't yeah. it? Um, it was okay, but like they still not. It's still not become appointment television for me in Definitely the way that not, no. this, everything else that we've talked about is. I'm still yeah. waiting for that nine out of ten, ten out of ten Definitely. superhero show. Um, I don't know if that'll happen next year with Preacher. He's, he's not full on superhero, but I, yeah. I, I, that's I've got high hopes for that. Yeah, I can see that Supergirl might be a really great show for young girls. I think that's the one that maybe will will mm. I'm I'm really pleased to see around. But yeah. Oh, and what's that on Legends of Tomorrow? I'm quite up for. I might give that a go because yeah. I really like time travel as well. Okay. Yeah, like for me, <clears throat> the thing that I kind of this is the thing. The thing that I kind of missed from Daredevil and Jessica Jones is the thing that probably then in Flash and Arrow they have like standalone episodes and things like that. And I kind of wish that Daredevil and Jessica Jones did yeah. have that. Mm -hmm. Whereas you know them dealing with different cases and things like that because some of the sort of just really really short runs of storylines in Daredevil. Like I've read Daredevil's probably my favorite comic book, and some of the like short runs of you know cases that he takes. Like a lot of stuff in Daredevil, like you don't even see him put the costume on. He's just dealing with these different cases and things. And I thought maybe we'd have get we would have got to see more of that in the first se in the series of that, but we just didn't at all. Mm. It was all about this one particular thing. And it's basically like a long film. Yeah. Which is hard to do. Like, mm -hmm. Really, really hard to do. Like the the only T V show I can remember doing it really well where they do like you know, one episode finishes and the next episode picks up. Was Eastbound and Down? Like, Eastbound and Down did that. I love that That was that like, show. I think possibly like six to eight episodes, something like that. But mm. it was basically like a long film. Yeah. yeah. But for me, that really worked because, mm. you know, it's a little bit different because they're shorter and it's like comedy. But it really worked because it kind of like held you, whereas I think Daredevil and Jessica Jones never did. Yeah. It's just like stretching out. Uh, a really, really serious storyline, very in really, really short periods of time. Jessica Jones definitely felt more like that than Daredevil for me. Yeah. I've just finished it. Finished it last night, and it everything down to the pacing, down to the final episode, and mm. the, I think the tenth episode is is the big one for me. And but it all felt like a film structure. Like yeah. there was no procedure, nothing procedural about it in the slightest. I think yeah. they have been the two best though, the Netflix ones. And what they have done, which the Marvel movies haven't done, is get the villains right. Yes, like two very compelling, interesting villains. Where the movies only maybe Loki. Yeah. Like they've, they've they've dropped the ball a lot with their villains so far. So that was really good to see. That's and, a good point. Yeah. You know, there's a darkness there. There's you know, it was tackling some really serious issues. Um, yeah, you know the the jury's not in yet, but it's it's cool that Netflix are doing this experiment. I think Definitely, it's yeah. going to be really interesting to see how it. You know, and Daredevil was so popular; they've already they've rushed that second series, and yeah. I think yeah, good on them for for giving it a go. Do you think we're a little bit like like you just said? Like I think you made a really good point. Like we're waiting for like the net the first you know nine ten out of ten. Actually, do you think I think we're yeah, maybe are we a little bit sort of forgiving of superhero stuff because you go oh well it is a superhero show you know I don't know if you you know I've talked to a lot of people who do think they're nine ten out of ten really? those two shows and on the site we certainly did our reviews of both shows were very positive mm. I've read around people thinking that Jessica Jones is the best thing that's Marvel's done because of 
the issues it tackles and yeah. the, the places it goes and and having you know a strong female protagonist is, yeah. is we've all been waiting for that and, yeah. and and they've done it on the TV rather than in the movie so I just think the quality's not there for something like we you know we've talked about Fargo which is your favourite well, like one of my favourites of the year like for me watch putting Jessica Jones and Daredevil next to Fargo it seems like they're made in two different worlds. Like, obviously, they're made in different worlds. Yeah. But I mean, they seem like the quality of production and like writing and directing is so. The, it, the gap is massive. Yeah. Do you think that's because it's superhero stuff, or well, would a su- would a superhero film win an Oscar? Yeah, I, I, th- I think I think um, I think Dark Knight came close. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, there's no reason why a superhero show couldn't be as good as the ones we're talking Definitely. about. Fargo yeah. just happens to be a real. I think a real classic in the making. Yeah. Um, then if you think like House of Cards, like the you know they got David Fincher on board for the first series of that to like you know really get off to a like why can't a superhero show do that? Like it, it's got like it's got a good Daredevil for me felt like it had like a better showrunner involved in the first series of that. Like I didn't really know anything about the production of Jessica Jones, like who was sort of spearheading that or anything like that. Oh, I forget what her name is, but she's mm. brilliant. I can't remember the TV show she did, but she's. Um, yeah, she's a she's brilliant, and, okay. and she's been working. She's been developing that for ten years. Jessica oh, Jones. Gosh. It was going to be on ABC, yeah. And Carol Day was Carol Danvers, and and Jessica Jones is who it was going to be about. But mm. that all changed. Um, no, I, I'm not as down on them. I, I I think I just think it's it's a cool time to be a superhero fan. Really, definitely. Okay. We've got six movies next summer as next year, as well as Jeez. all these TV shows coming back. So. Jesus. Right. Any special mentions then for your other favorite TV shows of the year? Uh, I think. Better Call Saul was something that I expected us to have spoke about. Oh, that was a Netflix one, actually, yeah. Yeah. We didn't talk about it. I mean, it was AMC in the States. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah. That's why I didn't put it on the Netflix. It was uh, obviously a fantastic show. It felt just like the obvious one to say there, didn't it, I suppose, especially for on IGN. I really liked it. Yeah, Yeah, I liked it. it was a fantastic show. I liked it more than I was expecting to. Definitely, yeah. It's not what I was expecting it to be, because I remember when they were first talking about it, it was implied that it was more going to be a case of the week, more comedy-centric, and it definitely wasn't that. Mm. It was like, like... a long form film again there's a yep. continuous story we had a couple of like tweets well we had like we had a tweet about uh, from Gary Rawlins who said Better Call Saul said it's a great example of a perfect prequel to Breaking Bad while being its own show itself unexpectedly tense and dramatic mm-hmm. uh, Daniel Nightingale who is, talks about something that we didn't speak about who said Wayward Pines was his standout of the year outstanding show from a very surprising source that's one I gave up on after three or four episodes because really? I really didn't like it yeah. no I thought it was Pretty bad. Yeah. So we'll agree to disagree. Yeah. Uh, QTX Gaming says the whole final season of Justified, and anyone who says different is quite clearly wrong. I haven't got there yet. <laughs> yeah. I haven't got I'm there. Not even close to that. I really, no. really like Justified though. Good uh, show. Calvin Costa says Gotham has been a surprise this season. One of my favourite shows now. I, I have heard it got yeah. better. Yeah, I have heard it got better. But once you got burned, you're like, exactly. Oh, yeah. I can I be bothered? One episode, and that was enough. Yeah. Uh, Nick Snow says one of his highlights of the year was the raid style fight scene near the start of the season in Daredevil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, which Brilliant. Was mine. That was really, really good. Um, Luke Gosling says with so many returning shows not quite delivering, something we talked about, the superb Narcos arrived and felt fresh despite being based on known true events. Um, All right, I'm yeah, going to have to watch great. that then. Yeah, it's really, really good. Um, Peep Show. At time recording, we're only halfway through Peep Show, That's but right, I yeah. think two have been good and one have been, one has been uh, bad. But it's the end of an era, yeah. mm-hmm. big time. You know, maybe the most consistent comedy show of the last ten years. 
maybe ever to do to do nine seasons. Yeah. But but it's the longest running sitcom Channel Four's ever done, and one right. of the longest running in British history. And it's just kept that standard up. Whereas so many comedy shows, you, you think of that it drops at some point. Yeah. So um, I'll be sad to see that go. Also okay. very sad to see John Stewart go. Yeah. One of my favourite things was if I could ever bloody find his show because it yeah. kept jumping around the schedules and the channels. Every day. <clears throat> yeah. But what he did for American TV was really important and other, yeah. other people have come and kind of ca- carrying the torch. But like, I just miss him. I really like his style of humour and the, the, the fact that he never sucks up to anyone. He's not frightened of anyone. Yeah. And I wish we had shows like that over here. You yeah. know, Charlie Brooker's done it a bit and Have I Got News For You does it a bit. But that political satire is... I think sorely lacking from UK TV. Yeah, it's really strange because, like, I remember when we were growing up, we had there's quite a lot of good stuff. Sort of, it seemed like, yeah. you know. But now everything that we do, this live and stuff, is all like panel comedy shows. But they seem really weak and sort of quite tame. Yeah, or Russell Howard or something. It's not yeah, good enough. Yeah. And we invented that kind of humor yeah. in the '60s. With that was the week that was. Yeah. So yeah, I was very sad to see him go. Yeah. Uh, one show actually is one of my highlights of 2015, which you've just started watching, uh, Broad City. Yes. Uh, it's so good. Um, again, like another really, really good comedy show. Yeah. Um, okay. Which no one's talking about over no. here. Again, because I think it, it's been kind of snuck out on a, a late at night on a, yeah. on a channel that not everyone's got. Yeah, because it's on Comedy Central, isn't it? Um, yeah, so you, you wouldn't know to find a, a show you've never of heard it, no. of starring no one famous at like yeah. half 11 on Comedy yeah. Central. You're just not going to find it. No, definitely not. And like uh, when I first started, it, w- it was being talked about, I saw it being talked about in the same kind of like uh, conversations as Amy Schumer. Yeah. I guess because it's like two like, like <clears throat> women like running it. And I thought it was going to be like a sketch show. Mm-hmm. So I kind of went in thinking, I'm not really a massive fan of sketch shows, but everyone's talking about it. And I kept seeing lots of the like scenes going viral so I thought oh, I'll check this out so I watched it and it's not a sketch show it's like a proper series with a storyline running through each episode and it's so good the two characters are just brilliant yeah um, like they come up with really really it's like they have really really strange storylines now and again like one episode which is one of my favourite is uh, she's meant to, she really fancies the guy next door and is meant to be waiting in for a package for him and she doesn't get it, and then she has to go across. There's a lot of like New York-based humor as well. So I think if, like, if you've been to New York or if you live in New York, there's a lot of sort of jokes that you're going to get. Definitely, that a lot of yeah. people are. There's like a lot of like subway stuff and things like that. But the two of them are just—I don't know—I find them both brilliant to watch. Yeah, and they're, they're both right. really good in their own ways. And I guess when you think like one of them is like, you know, it seems to be like one of them is a little bit straighter than the other, yeah. and the other one's funny. The shield, the other one will go off and do something absolutely bonkers. Yeah, but like a really good sort of entry episode, I think is um, season two, episode one, because um, it's just a really, really good, really good self-contained <clears throat> thing where each of them gets something really, really good to do and they get a really good sort of couple of scenes together as well. And it's it's just brilliant. How far in is it? Uh, it's two seasons gone. Okay. Yeah. But it's, I feel like it's something you can dip in and out of as well. Yeah, like yeah, I've watched yeah. two episodes. I don't know from where they're at. But oh, really? I don't okay. get, I, has, I haven't felt yeah, lost. Yeah, I don't think it does. I've picked it up quite quickly. Yeah, Do you feel like you, you get the characters immediately? Oh, like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Have to be introduced. Yeah. No, I thought, it was, I, thought it was, I thought it was really good, definitely yeah. up my street. And I'm glad you said Amy Schumer. Mm. I, think, I think she's been really funny. I think her show, More Hits Than Misses, um, her stand-up is really, really good. Stand-up's brilliant, yeah. Um, but Trainwreck is one of the worst films I've watched. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Yeah. Um, but equally, there was one other thing I wanted to mention, because I don't think anyone watched it. It was called No Offence. Mm. And you said Broad City, which about Amy Schumer. Yeah. Uh, no Offence was a British uh, police comedy drama uh, by Paul Abbott, who's probably my favourite mm. British writer. He wrote Shameless and he wrote State of Play. Um, and it's really dark and really funny. Yeah. And... Uh, 
pretty much the three lead characters are all women and they're all really strong, believable, interesting women. And it just shows that this can be done. Yeah. If I wish more people would do it. But yeah, it was one of my that was one of those shows that I couldn't wait to watch the next episode because yeah. he's very good at just putting quite shocking things in his programs in <clears throat> shame in Shameless. It was full of really shocking mm. things that when you stood, stood back, I can't believe that's on telly. Yeah, and yeah, it was it was great. So if if anyone uh, you know catches up with that, it's, I'm sure it's on foreign demand. Yeah, I've seen the first episode and it's hard because the I, the. The, the, the serious stuff with the funny stuff like the first episode has this like entrance this really horrible sort of possible serial killer um, and then there's a scene where they're all in the toilet and then their boss comes in and is like singing a like a Motown song while she's wiping her vagina <laughs> yeah and this is like okay. and this is like this really odd scene it's where, a weird juxtaposition like, it's a really strange thing I think because, that's why I like his writing yeah. that's why I used to love Shameless those first two series that he wrote because mm. they would they would have a an episode about paedophilia mm. that was really really funny and yeah. it's like well mm. I can't believe you're doing this but he does it in such a way that you know it's 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 bizarre, but it, it works and yeah. it makes it totally original. Yeah, it also doesn't feel cheap either. No, like there's a lot of like really gross jokes in the first episode alone. Yeah, uh, and like in the first like twenty minutes of the first episode alone as well. There's a lot of really disgusting jokes, but and then you have this really serious story as well. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like I don't know. They kind of mix together, and you it almost makes it feel a little bit more real. Yeah. Um like in like in the same sense of like when something funny happens in the wire, say, like it makes cuz I I've, I've been rewatching that recently and like there's an episode like really early on where uh, someone is killed in a really really violent and disgusting way to send a message to the other sort of gangs. And you have this sort of like joke they're joking about like overtime around this thing and how they're yeah. being screwed over for overtime. Yeah. And it's like it makes it feel a little bit more real. I think maybe with uh, no offense is a little bit like sillier than that. Yeah, it's yeah. actually properly play for laughs. But I don't yeah. know how you guys have time to rewatch shows when there's all this good stuff out there to yeah, watch new. Yeah. I just I'm even feeling guilty rewatching Breaking Bad because yeah. I, there's other stuff I could be watching. But the way that I sort of the way that I lie to myself and the way that I get around doing it is if I'm watching it with somebody else. So, like, my yeah, girlfriend okay, never yeah. watched The Wire. I guess that's what I'm doing with my dad. So, yeah. So, yeah. The, that's the way I got around with watching that. But, yeah, like, it, you do, like, I'm rewatching Friday Night Lights by myself. But I do feel really bad that I'm, like, uh, <laughs> wasting time. Because like, I feel like sometimes when I get home from work, I just think, you kind of just want something. It's like getting into, like, a nice bath. Yeah. You just go, you know, something that I can have on the background. I know is going to cheer me up and I know is going to go just put me to sleep <laughs> whereas if it's something I haven't seen before is so it right now you've got to properly like, yep. concentrate on this ah, fair enough yeah I don't know uh, any more for any more that you want to mention I think that's it that's me yeah. Show Me A Hero is really good yeah we both like Show Me A Hero yeah. not enough that it's in any of my top 10s Absolutely or anything not, but no. if you yeah. if you like something like The Wire obviously it was very you know it was, it's yeah. got the same people behind it as The Wire Springsteen soundtrack Oscar Isaac yeah being awesome Brilliant cast, yeah, good yeah. show good Tell solid you who's show who's really good in Show Me A Hero is um, Joe Burntall the guy who's going to play yeah. the Punisher yeah. from Walking Dead he's amazing in Show Me A Hero but yeah. yeah you're right like in that kind of like in the same in the same kind of way that that um, the show that they did after The Wire that was yeah. like, set in New Orleans like Tremé Tremé yeah it's just like it's good but it's just like yeah. it's a bit cha- it's a bit it's a bit hard work yeah yeah but it's it's good quality telly yeah Anything else? Uh, no. Um, we can go on to things that we didn't like. I think that might be a, a good way to move. Do you want to do that? Yeah. Okay. What have we got that you didn't so, like? The Walking Dead, for me. 
this season and well any any episode that was in 2015 i think really okay. the walking dead because i thought the start of season five was really strong and it it's a show that's constantly up and down for me like they'll have four terrible episodes and i think why am i watching this and then they'll have something really great and then it pulls you back in yeah and the start of season five was great and then the second half was terrible and i thought this season so far has been completely terrible i know we're talking i was talking with alex about it the other day and he completely disagreed with me yeah. mm. i just I don't. I question myself. Why am I watching this? And but there's some something that keeps me. See, watching. I've, ne- I've never thought The Walking Dead is any good. Yeah, like I, like I said, I'm me. up and down all the time with it. Yeah, I've just found it too hard to keep up with. Okay, I keep losing track where it will start. I'm not even realised the series has started, and yeah. then I can't watch it. And so I just kind of, uh, yeah. For me, I've not liked it enough. That I've really sought it out. Yeah. Um, equally, like the two big shows on the site, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead, we haven't really talked about. Either. What about Game of Thrones? Yeah, I mean, I really love Game of Thrones, but I felt like this season had two or three really, really good episodes, but then there was a, quite a bit of treading water in between, I felt yeah. like. Yeah, I, I, I kind of, like the thing with Game of Thrones, I've, it's never at the top of my lists <clears throat> on any of my TV things, it's just something that I just kind of enjoy. Yeah. But it's, it felt like this year, there was a lot less people talking about Game of Thrones than there was other years. Mm. Um, I don't know why, maybe people are just starting to get a little tiny bit fatigued with it, but um, it felt, it really felt like last year was like the huge one and it was the you know the year after the big series um the big sort of crazy stuff happening and it just didn't feel like people were into it that much and i i, I really liked it i thought mm. it was one of my favorite series but really understated series for like this well one. the thing is at the end of this season now they're they've overtaken the books on a lot of things and a lot right, of things okay, have yeah. changed now from previous seasons where they were following it beat for beat mm. almost uh so i think that's going to uh, cause it's uh, causing people to not like it yeah it's strange though those are the two top things on their website and we just not that awesome. well, you know I get battered every time I say I don't really like Game of Thrones yeah. but I will try it again one day but yeah. like it's just I've given up twice yeah it's just not for me yeah that's the thing like some shows are just not it must be sure and it's, I, it's super frustrating sometimes when you just go yeah it's just not for me yeah, yeah. be boring if we all like the same stuff yeah, exactly yeah, yeah. But I think that's about it, really. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this is England, but I didn't watch it, so that's no good, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Again, my blooming internet's caused me all kinds of problems, but that might have been up there for me. Yeah, Kruber said it was a really good uh, end to it all. Yeah. Um, I can't watch it, just I can't handle how harsh it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's all, you go into it with real fear and trepidation. Yeah, definitely. But um, I think it's been a good year yeah. without maybe being a vintage year. Definitely not. I mean, except for, I just think we're just really lucky to have Fargo on telly. Mm. Um, just the, the idea that someone can go away and make that yeah um, and it be so good and have the, just the opportunity to make something like that it's just brilliant I think yeah um, but yeah that was some of our best and worst TV but what were some of yours let us know IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com mm-hmm. and I guess Merry Christmas Tonight, this is going out. We're wearing Christmas jumpers. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Let's keep it traditional. <laughs> Thank you. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. 
The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.